0: Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We are working in Avis uh, podcast that is all uh, here to share with you about technology, about the benefits of using, applying, and implementing all these type of technologies to your projects uh, for AEC. Uh, today we have a, a new guest, Alex Nelson. Um, she's gonna tell us a little bit about uh, about. Uh, herself, but also she, she came up with a brilliant topic that I'm really excited to talk about. And Today, we're going to discuss a bit about uh, Midjourney journey AI and architecture, and how can you use it, how can you apply it. Uh, nowadays, this is, a, this is a really trendy and hype topic. So I think a lot of people, is really interested in knowing more about this, this type of technology. So welcome, Alex, and thanks for being with us today.
1: Thank you so much, Samuel. It's great to be with you. And it's, it's a fun topic for sure. You know, I think something I I mentioned today in a post was how uh, they've actually reached 1 million creators on MidJourney. So The fact that that many people have joined in in such a limited time, I think it started back in June that they released it to the public and it was still just beta version then. So the fact that so many people are getting involved now is really exciting. And I I think you and I both see all the posts on LinkedIn that pop up of just things that people are creating. Uh, I, I think there's no doubt that design uh, will be impacted for sure not only by mid-journey but just AI in general I think this is just an exciting reminder to me about how creative it can be as well because I feel that a lot of things are so pragmatic like it's optimization and you know things like that that are more around calculations but to see mid-journey which is so creative is, is pretty exciting. Totally like this is a um, a really radical technology, I will say.
0: I think it's, uh, still a lot of people is playing playing with, with with this type of tech. But uh, before we jump with this uh, uh, with this topic and how, how what what we think about this this type of technology, why, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Alexa? What type of projects have you been involved? Where are you working at the moment, and what's your motivation to, in, in terms to be in this type of uh, environment?
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, I guess uh, you know my background is in architecture. I did the typical, you know, procedure. I went to the undergrad in architecture, but what really changed my path was my fifth year course. It was actually an Autodesk-funded studio. Uh, Dynamo was new at the time, and the folks from Autodesk, uh, like Anthony Hauk, who's the creator of Hyper, he he worked with us. He's an awesome person. Um, and they really wanted to see how we could stretch dynamo and basically create something in Grasshopper and then turn it over into something that, that we implement in Dynamo. And that's what we worked on um, ever since then. I think it really shifted my perspective about how we can utilize tools. You know, I think we all have really creative ideas, like Midjourney can show is really creative ideas, but how can we actually? design something like that? How can we model it? How can we understand the data behind it? All those things have always interested me. Um, so after working as an architect for, um, about three, three and a half years or so, I decided to go back, um, and I got a, a master's in in IT and architecture. What was interesting is on the IT side, we had to take all the fundamental courses. So like, you know, human-computer interaction, which is all around like usability and how people interact with software. Um, and then we took a data security class, all these kinds of things that were really... Um, really standard to that industry. And then on the other side in architecture, we got to have fun with you know Arduinos or Raspberry Pis. We we thought about data analytics and how it applies to architecture. So all that kind of fun stuff. And basically after finishing that program, I decided that I was gonna have to move to New York to, to really experience a little more of this. So I, I worked at Grimshaw Architects, uh, still one of my favorite architecture firms, um, <clears throat> great people there and really great design worked uh, on the Newark Terminal Airport and some fun projects there. And uh, then went over to Perkins Eastman. And at Perkins Eastman, I work a lot on strategy and and trying to think about how design apps can change the way that we work and impact the larger firm. So we deal a lot with that stuff. Um, and yeah, I think that it's exciting to see how the industry is constantly shifting. And, and we just have to try to figure out ways to navigate it and to not stay static. Obviously, we're constantly evolving. And if you're not chasing the next best thing, sometimes you miss out on really great opportunities. So, yeah, I very much enjoy what we do in design technology.
0: And yeah, no, so, sounds like a big yearning, to be honest. and uh, really, really excited. To, uh, I think also uh, people that is trying to make the change and the chief of the how we use technology to const- to build to to do construction, and how can we apply it in not only to, to, to the to the construction itself, but how actually people start using it and apply it to their projects. I think it's a uh, it's a really difficult path. It's not, it's not something that uh, I mean sounds really wonderful when we talk about it, but then when we try to, to do implementation or or we try to share with others that are not so familiar with this type of technology, it's there's also like um. A bit of a gap between the between the breach of how we transform the culture of using technology. I think definitely we be I, and, and I and I guess Alex, that we agree that we both know that technology is actually super helpful if you use them correctly and if you apply them properly in your projects. But mm-hmm. uh, but but it's it's just about it's it's just a mindset that we need to keep pushing and trying to destroy this gap and. And, and you know, put the put different walls, of like not walls between people, but actually put bridges between people, so they can uh, use the the whole the whole technology properly and and enjoy the benefits of it. Because I have seen like so many people, uh, you know, doing these tasks. That sometimes you come up and you're like, okay, like you can do this with just a few with an app, with a few clicks, and then you get the same result uh, 100 times faster, easier. But uh, I think also not everyone is willing to, to start like, uh, changing. But uh, I think it's slowly happening, and it will take us there a, well, more and more we see it. And, and I think this takes us to the, to the topic today. Like we have seen technology evolve the, like radically for the last couple of years. And, uh, and we have these, these applications of AI jumping to the world of AEC to the world of architecture and, and construction. I think it's it's amazing to see this type of technology trying to to force the people to use it. But I think also we are trying, we are also the all the community is discovering how can we use it, you know? How can mm-hmm. you actually apply AI? What's the benefit of AI because AI is huge. Uh, I mean it's a it's a past topic. And uh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and what do you think about this AI coming to the architecture life, wall, site?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still exploring that whole thought, but I think, I think we definitely need to try to figure out ways to employ it because I think a lot of times as creatives or designers, we're often, especially in architecture, We limit our mindsets around what we know is going to get us to the result we need. So, how can we move to that result the fastest? And oftentimes that is really standard constructions that are limiting our minds. And there's so much that constricts, I think, designers today from doing what they're passionate about in terms of form, formal, you know, gestures of architecture or speaking um, to, to certain art forms that you do in school. You know, the minute you get into practice, you just have to learn to be efficient. And that often, you know, requires you to just kind of sit back and not be as creative, just frankly. And I think what's interesting is now we have things like the metaverse, um, where you don't have to worry about, you know, something being structurally sound, like people can be floating through the metaverse without issues. So I see a lot of interesting things. I could, I can imagine for sure how we could start transitioning these crazy concepts from Midjourney into the metaverse and architects could kind of take ownership of translating that geometry um, to that space. And then from there, I can imagine that the metaverse itself can inspire architecture in a lot of ways. But but also if we use Midjourney as like a a sketch pad, just another tool to think about what we wanna do, I, I think it has a, an interesting um, impact on our minds, you know, and i I was talking with my husband, who's actually also an architect uh, earlier, and he was saying how he keeps seeing posts talking about how with things like midjourney, you know, you are speaking, and like you're learning from mid-journey, right? Mid-journey, the machine is is teaching you in different ways. But in the same way, the machine itself is learning from you. And I, you know, I think a lot of people have been pointing that fact out, uh, as they've been talking about Midjourney and in some of these other, uh, things like Dali too, and, and stuff that's been coming out. And I think that's really exciting. Like the fact that people always want to know how's the human going to start to interact with the machine and what, what are both, uh, people's responsibility at that point. And I think the fact that we're, the machine and the human are learning from each other is a really interesting thing. So, um, you know, as in MidJourney, you're making selections based on of the four options you're given. You know, when you enter a prompt in the MidJourney, you enter in text, you know, if anyone hasn't used it that's listening to this, you enter in a prompt of text that's descriptive, um, that's talking, usually it has a noun. You usually describe a style um and other things that relate to how you want the the image to be um kind of output so maybe the um yeah the style has the biggest implication but but basically once you format your prompt it gives you four images that are in response, right? And from those four images, you can either upscale one of the four or all of the four rather, which adds layers of detail. And it's almost like making a selection because if you're going to take the time to upscale, then obviously it's worth the time. So the machine is learning, you know, from us as we're making these interesting selections and as we're typing in things to enter as a prompt, like if words are coming up really often, you know, incompatibility with the word architecture. It's learning from that, and we're generating basically brand new images that the machine can yeah. learn from. So um, I think all of that—that that kind of stuff—is is pretty is pretty interesting in um, in how we see this thing evolve every time.
0: Yeah, it's it's a completely different way on how we conceive design, which I, I really like. Just like you're saying, we it's, it's texting in a prom and now uh, and. It's really different to what we were used to maybe using when, when we were playing with Dynamo or Grasshopper, when we are, we are playing more with parameters and mm-hmm. different objects. And here is more like a descriptive kind of uh, design. And, and the funny part, which I think is, is, is quite interesting, is that you don't know exactly what's going to be the result until you see it. Like uh, mm-hmm. it's like a kind of like a surprise. instead of like a, what it what it used to be, parametric design. When you actually kind of know where you're going at some moment, mm-hmm. you, you have some idea. But here in mid journey, it's like, uh, like yeah, like uh, you put your words, you put your ideas together, and then pop, you get like this nice object or nice shape or nice uh, castle or nice city, whatever you are <laughs> thinking about. Yeah, and. There's, there's no boundaries, which I think, and on, on, on how you create a part can work using technology, mm-hmm. and the result I think is definitely going to change how we perceive design. Because uh, I mean, honestly, I'm looking at things in my journey or people that is working with this type of uh, tech, uh, showing results which I haven't seen any firms, I haven't seen any uh, special uh, architects that have come up with results like uh, like. The way they come up with me journey
1: yeah. yeah
0: and and i think that's that's real and i i so my, myself i wonder okay like i totally see this working on the metaverse but like how can mm-hmm. we use this and how can we apply this in the real world as well
1: yeah yeah that's such a good question and and it's something uh at perkins eastman we have a data unit we we get together it's a kind of a community driven group that works to develop new workflows at the firm. And when we met recently, we had the same kind of discussion, like, how can we practically, you know, use this at the firm? Because we we all see its relevance. One of the things that came up in conversation, um, I think my boss, Gustavo Pardo, mentioned this. He said, um, you know, I think we need, as we go to sites and we start to collect imagery, maybe from um, textures and materials that are used uh, around the site, you know, in Midjourney, another option that you can do is you can actually input certain hyperlinks, so images that already exist. You can put those together to create a new image. So, you know, how can we begin to utilize some of these things that used to have to sit in isolation on a page, you know? In yeah. schematic design, we're often, okay, let's get really creative. Let's come up with either precedence. So you have to pull from something that's already been built or you have to pull from imagery from either a site context or from inspiring photos, whether it's some shape or, you know, some pattern that's usually where we start. Right. And, um, I think what's cool about mid journey is you can think and visually see what could the, the potential outputs be by words that you can enter. So you can start to add all of those things together. And instead of having 20 images or 10 images on a page describing what you hope your project will be, you can have one image that you've kind of um, come up with through iterating through these words and ideas and descriptors. And I think that is really um, a game changer. And you don't have to point to something that's pre-existing. I think the idea that you can show something that's iterative, that's creative, and, and um just some idea-driven things that are uh I think that's all very, very exciting. The idea that we'll sit in a crit, you know, an architecture studio, and instead of seeing these previously built buildings, I think we'll start seeing things like this that they've newly generated. I think that's a really big change that, that we may see.
0: Not really. I, I think it's, 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 as I mentioned, it's changing how we conceive design. I, and you're, like, mentioning something that is really key, and, and, and I, I didn't... Thought about it before but i actually makes a lot of sense because normally people when they build designs they look at existing references uh, mm-hmm. and that's how that's I don't know like I was in university like maybe 10 years ago and I was just still looking at reference and nowadays I go to uni like recently I had the chance to be at, uh, again in a university and I was like uh, oh my god the system's still the same like <laughs>
1: it's, been t-
0: it's been 10 years in, and 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 uh, I'm yeah like uh, education kind of like keeps uh, on the same path that uh, was was built, but then there is this side of crazy people like us that we are looking at, hey, look at this like hey, this <laughs> website has an and looks more and more interesting to see some reference that of things that can be possible to create, but that uh, i think I think the advantage that we can have with this type of AI is that. It's helping us to imagine to, to have a, a bigger uh, power to imagine design like uh, we can see things that we normally don't build like we normally don't think like uh, on these type of shapes we normally don't you know on this type of results something the computer process for us and help us to, to see a completely different world and you new know, ways of designing spaces which I think that's the that's the amazing part of using this type of AI. Like, uh, otherwise, yeah. like it will take us ages for us to, to come up with these results. Just by, just by, uh, you know, even if we put like uh, a group of hundred designers to try to work together, like
1: right, it would oh be like gosh. super
0: yeah, impossible to go come and and have these these results, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. To come up with an image that looks like you know the images that. Mid-Journey can spit out in a second It's just, it is mind-blowing that we can develop such an insane portfolio of images so quickly. You know, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to look on Mid-Journey's community feed, but they, you know, it's, it's astonishing what, what people have created. And again, I mean, this thing's only been around for under two months, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. It's hard to believe when you sift through those images, but then you start to think, "Oh, there are a million people on this platform, and each of them is probably, you know, as equally as obsessed as I know I've been." And it's just, uh, I think it's very exciting.
0: Uh, and do you see do you see this this type of technology like being applied fully inside an architecture firm? Like people starting to use this. Because we know it creates uh, super crazy images, right? And yeah. just like you were saying, um, the community is growing. And but uh, do you see any 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 challenge or any difficulties when if you want to apply this type of technology inside a firm? Because you know firms also have these procedures and these uh, not I wouldn't say boundaries, but more like uh, you know steps to to fulfill or to agree on upon on something. So, yeah. uh, how do you see this type of technology that being applied in in firms or, or being used?
1: I think like any kind of innovation we've seen um, in terms of technology for architecture, I think it's gonna take time. You know, it's I find that uh, most firms, you know, they just don't have time to explore these things, and um, it, that's the struggle and You know, it's not for anyone to say, hey, you need to be doing this because to some people, they've got a rhythm and they just don't care to break it. And that's always the trouble is. And, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's business. And most firms are like, hey, we've got something that's working. You know, if it's not broken, don't fix it, you know, Mm -hmm. and that mentality is understandable because at the end of the day, their job is to make money. And it's scary to make change because you could impact that. And I think that's always the drawback. um, And that's what the limiting factor always is. But I think that's why it's so important that we have platforms like this podcast and uh, we say things on LinkedIn where we're connected with people that you know, are trying to just continue on as they, they are. But when you see something on LinkedIn and, and somebody tells you, hey, this is super easy to, to get involved in, these are some ideas for how you could employ it. I think that's when people are gonna start to open up more and to think about trying these out. And I think it's gonna take certain people that are more open to innovating to step in and try to come up with ways to to deal with this thing. And once they've done it, and people start to see that, okay, it's working for them, then I think people start to open their minds up to it a lot more, and that's with any technology. Um, I think there's some interesting ways that already I've seen people trying to explore this. Um, I think Stephen Corliss, uh, I follow him also on, on LinkedIn, he posted a video the other day showing how we can go from a mid-journey image to basically a depth, depth map Um, which depth map has been around for a while. It's just, you know, trying to start to give three-dimensionality to an image. um, And that's what we're missing, right, with architecture. It's like we can't just end the day with an image. We really need to turn this into a 3D model. And I think he starts to to look at that in an interesting way. And then I think I saw today someone posted uh, a way of basically going from a depth map or generating a depth map through uh, Blender. And there's some some ways to, to do that as well. So I think we're going to start seeing this push from, okay, let's go from mid-journey to 3D model. That's the natural thought. Um, I also wonder, you know, not only can we figure out how to do that, but how do we also start understanding what we are getting out of mid-journey as, as new styles of architecture? Like, you know, I think that if we're developing something, and it's not like anything we've seen before, if we really want to start having an impact in in the industry, I think we need to you know, start taking the time to organize our thoughts around it. Because if we just are having fun and in, in developing a million different images, at the end of the day, it doesn't leave you with too much to take away. It's just like, oh, this is inspiring and cool and fun. But you know, at the end of the day, we have to do something with it. And I'm kind of at that point right now too, where I'm like, okay, I've had a lot of fun. What's the next move here? I got to, you know, got to do something a little more. So I think we're all kind of at that point. And of course, in design technology, I think we both can relate to loving just, solve that problem it's like how how do we do this one idea i've had recently that i think i may try to do next is working on um materials i i had a a post not too long ago where i was looking at the louis vuitton uh facade and i I tried to like regenerate it using text and i was surprised how close it got to it pretty quickly to that and it all it started having me think okay um how do we start to really think through materials and what they can do? um, And how do we start to explore that a little bit more or pattern making, you know, for architecture? Because in, uh, you know, with computational design, we could bring these patterns together and start maybe generating really interesting facades. And if we can iterate through that and we have an automation routine that can can read an image, maybe use stuff depth map and and then generate some kind of interesting facade I think that's a cool problem to solve because yeah. I could see people utilizing that and yeah, those are right. some of the things I'm starting to to consider and want to explore a little more for sure.
0: Uh, it, it, is, it is really nice that I, actually I was looking at this facade that you were working the other day that you shared in on LinkedIn as well and I, I think mm-hmm. it was a really nice result on how how you because at the end of the day, when you are playing with technology, you also make like a. It's not like the computer is doing all the work for you. Actually, you are you putting your same creative process, but like using tools. Uh, but, and for me, it's always a comparison. Like back in the day when people discovered the pencil, well, they start drawing with the pencil and with the paper, and that was the tool at the moment. But uh, for us, and um, in this time of of of. Um, Humanity and technology we have these type of tools to actually work and use our creative our creative process in this with these tools and have these completely radical results which mm-hmm. it's normal that we didn't we don't we see AI uh, helping here and I totally agree with you like uh, I think right now and one of the reasons my journey is still like on a Kind of like a beta building process on how, to, how what's the value of the software because like um, it comes with different challenges as well like uh, okay now uh, for example the, I'm not an artist uh, but I go to meet journey and I come and I can get all these images like at the moment yeah we cannot sell them we cannot do like trading with them or and stuff but. Uh, where does the artist, for example, in terms of painting or for, uh, or mm-hmm. or, cre- or content creators, where does the value of these um, these uh, creative artists comes? You know, like uh, I think mm-hmm. AI is going to redefine the 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 way we work, the way we value the the art, the way we actually appreciate things. And and for me, one of the most exciting things is. Uh, the 3D world for me in the space. Uh, I well, as architects, uh, we love thinking about like the how how can we go and live in the most crazy place in the world. <laughs> just I the, love that. The, the and I think I definitely see, um, uh, and I believe like people uh, like well, there's already people which more more, um, with more with uh, more knowledge about like uh, programming. Than mm-hmm. what I have, but I I totally see some people in the future coming up with ideas. Somehow, that these type of tools like MidJourney will actually start like just being built in 3D when you actually start like typing stuff in the prompt, and you definitely you will have like some results like uh, crazy stuff like being built like, using a 3D space like out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I think that
0: would be like super amazing. Like,
1: a <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
0: But uh, and then and then how can we build it? That's like the next challenge. That uh, because yeah. uh, these crazy ideas doesn't doesn't can can be built that easy, you know?
1: Yeah, I know uh, that's the tricky bit. It's like it almost feels like we have to really just like be super manual about it up front. Like, okay, there's an image. Let me just try to slowly rebuild this. You know, and not try to use any you know computational tools, but let me just try to by hand, you know, rebuild this. Maybe put the image in you know in the model or in the 3D space, but let me just try to see what I can do because I think one of the tricky bits with mid journey is when you start to really look at it, some edges that are supposed to come together, you're like, okay, that that was cute in the image, <laughs> like that was a <laughs> cool idea, but like what, when it comes to like realizing that, I think. The surfaces don't always make sense, you know, and I, that's the thing is like an image can have some illusion qualities to it, and I think that's stuff we have to rationalize when we want to go and translate this into architecture. You know, it can't just be cool looking, but it has to like make some sense for space. And um, it'll be interesting too, you know, as Mid Journey moves forward. I I hope to see. Uh, You know, I know, like with Dolly, is it right that Dolly, too, it's an API connection, right? Is it through through open? I I think Google does it. Because I think if we can start to somehow take this and say, hey, I really want to focus on using these AI-powered tools for architecture specifically, I think... To some extent we need to evolve how it's reading our prompts and what it's doing when it's generating an image. If we can start making that a little bit better, you know, and and more realistic, that would be great. Or maybe that doesn't matter as much. Maybe we decide mid-journey is really just what it's meant for. Um, But in the same front, as we see more and more people having the ability to build tools like this, you know, I think there's, when there's an interest, like there is a mid-journey, Everyone's gonna wanna build something like this. And what we haven't seen yet is really that in 3D uh, space. So not to this kind of level. So the other thing is, are we gonna fight really hard to make mid-journey this thing that can be pushed into a 3D model? Or do we really need to work on developing an AI powered tool that's all about creating 3D geometry? Now, the tricky thing with that, and I'm sure we'll see that, right? Like in our lifetime, I hope we see that. But the hard thing is like there are tools out there, right? Test Fit. There's these other applications that are doing generative design in the 3D space. And they're doing great work. And they're getting a lot of traction. But they're right now still solving um they're still solving mathematical problems, issues that we've hoped to solve for a long time, like parking, organization and calculations, things that we've been doing still by hand. When I was working at my first, one of my first jobs in architecture, I spent a lot of time laying out parking or laying out units. So I think it's really cool what they're doing. And I think it's just the start of where that 3D generative design um, space could come in. But I would love to see in the future, not only does it, you know, lay things out in a practical way but how, how does this become something that is generating you know new forms and bringing all of these crazy ideas that we can now see in mid journey but in that in that 3D space I, I can't wait to see what people come up with you know
0: yeah no, I, I'm, I'm excited about that just about just by thinking about it like I'm like like, <laughs> like this it comes soon because uh, uh, for uh, for example I'm really interested in generative design and um, I mean, a couple of a couple of years ago, was the first time that I that I started like looking at uh, people talking about generative design, I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! <laughs> <And> <laughs> I love it." No, uh, but um, but I do understand at the moment, and after like re- doing research and studying more about generative you know, design, how can you apply it? Then blah blah blah. Like I realized that there's like a there is a gap between the people who decide to use this type of technology and people. That is trying to do design without, or, or well, it's trying to design, but without knowing exactly what's how how generative design works and what's the what's the correct way to use it. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like uh, it's similar to what I think Teskut is kind of doing, like Hyper or, or these uh, other applications that people are building. And I think they are great, and I totally agree that they are solving problems that are. We've been doing over and over and over, like uh, like the parking place, like the how many people is going to live. and we don't want to. Like I think no nobody wants to do to actually yeah. dedicate their life to this kind of stuff, and that's the reason we try to come up with the with the automation of this. But also there's there's these, these things though, and what the business uh, model of like a specific company, is. so probably their numbers will be different. Those this type of technology actually applies to my to my frame because uh, I know uh, Hyper or TestFeed or these type of tools, they won't give you the final result definitely like the, in terms of design. You know, if we are looking for an innovative idea and radical visuals like the ones that we see in Mid journey, but uh, to yeah. put them in, in a space like TestFeed, I think that's, that will be like the next step, like uh, how but that complexity, I just uh, just by thinking about it, I'm like, okay, this is this is uh, <laughs> <laughs> you really need to, like really... people people working on that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, right.
0: But I think uh, I do agree. Like um, AI, I think, and Mid Journey is just a clear, uh, um, it's just a clear tool on, on how important, how powerful, and it's bringing people I, I mean just like you were saying it's, 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 um, it's putting people there like the community is growing is looking at this and it's like oh my god this is this is crazy amazing like i want to use it but they yeah. and even if they is there's no value they don't or they just want to play around or whatever but it's just it just created like a huge um, hype with people like okay let's let's deal with AI.
1: And we are seeing
0: people getting used to it. And I think that's an amazing step, like people kind of like inviting people to be familiar with AI, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, something we do at the firm is we often are the ones that speak to different vendors that have new design apps right that that we should be using so we'll organize this whole thing where we meet with them they'll do a demo for us they'll you know talk about why we should you know buy the software and and some of the results they've been getting and then we will decide okay is this worth doing a demo with the with the studio because that's what we always will do before actually purchasing something and that's what you know most firms do and a lot of times, what's difficult is you'll you'll get a demo, and then either people won't have time to take to actually test it out, um, or it requires so much education and testing that it's just like a non-starter. Because in most industries, but especially architecture, time is so limited. You know, people are always wanting more time. People are working later hours than almost any other industry in architecture like over hours I think that's known you know in the industry yes. it's like people always work super late you know that's how you start in school you know we all would work until four or five in the morning I mean my husband and I when we we met in architecture school one of the first times we ever um, hung out. We went to get breakfast after we stayed up an entire night <laughs> and then we got breakfast together. So that's just like the thing. And I think the problem is when people work so long and they're tired and they just want to get something done. If some if an extra tool outside of what is already really complex, Revit, I mean, Revit takes so much time. You have to invest a ton of time to learn it. But people you know, have shown that there's value in it. You can move faster once you know the tool. You know, you yeah. can create a curtain wall system really quick. You can create yeah. stairs really quick, although they're not perfect. <laughs> and you can do all of these things pretty fast once you know, are really savvy with the tool. But the problem is with all of these add-ons, you know, oh, let's get this add-in. Let's get this other application not only is it hard for people to invest time to learn it, but also it requires so much from the business. Like you're constantly having to do updates because all of this stuff is basically installed on people's computers. And, um, you know, there's a lot of rigor to all of these apps. And I think what's nice about what's coming in the future and how things are evolving is things like uh, MidJourney, which are web-based There's no install required. You know, you sign up. It's there. It's available. It's really fast because it's not relying on your computer as much. It's it's another bot somewhere that's feeding you the result. Um, and uh, on top of that, what's the barrier to entry? Very little. All you have to do the minute you enter into that, you have to type and describe words. And even you can't really make a mistake. I mean, you can enter any set of words, and you're going to get a result. Um, yeah you know, like other applications, oh, if you don't enter it in correctly, you're you're not gonna get anything at all. So I think these are a lot of the big problems that we see as the industry evolves. It's like there's these new things being built, there's great applications out there, but some are much harder to get into than others. Mid-journey is the easiest, you know, one of the easiest of all. You don't even have to be an architect and you can design your own space. You know, there's think about the authors that have just I always think about this It's like There's so many authors that are so creative, right, with their words. They spent their whole life doing creative writing. And in these books, they'll talk about spaces that their characters are inhabiting. And I'm like, now they're going to be able to put their their thoughts into mid-journey. And they're going to be able to, boom, get an illustration of what that space would look like. And they don't have to be an architect. You know, they're just really good at describing spaces. Um, yes, you have to understand architecture in a certain way. There's a language to architecture. There's certain styles. The more you know, the better your outcome's gonna be. The more you know midjourney as a tool, again, the better the outcome's gonna be. I've noticed a lot when you continue to optimize and evolve uh, midjourney. It gets better and better the more time you spend in it. You know, the early results are never the the great ones. I mean, they're okay, but it's like, so these are some of the things I think about is just like what is the barrier to entry? What's cool with Midjourney the is there's it doesn't take too much to get into it.
0: Yeah. And, and, and this is this is a key point that you're mentioning, like what how how important is time for companies? Because uh, I mean like even even myself when I was working for well with companies before we, we found our group, uh, the main concern was like, okay can we do it like in a week, can we do it like in two weeks, can we do it in the month? You're like, well, yeah, probably we can do it, but we need <laughs> to like <laughs> put a lot of effort on it, you know. And mm-hmm. and, 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 and yes, we can build stuff like, uh, I mean, these tools like Dynamo and just in, for me, for example, like honestly, Dynamo came to save like a Revit because uh, Revit, I think, was <laughs> like getting stuck and stuck and stuck. And mm-hmm. And Dynamo was just like a big uh, savior on in terms of the software, but I do believe that a web-based really is going to replace it in a couple of years. I I have talked with other people like uh, that is in this world, and and one of the challenges that also comes with this type of technology is like, okay, we are architects and we still like figuring out how to program, we still like figuring out how to do some coding or, because we just somehow ended up in this game <laughs> I don't know life was showing us the, like different stuff and, and we start doing it but in the future we we will have uh, like I think in the future people will decide what they do like do I just go to Meet Journey and use Meet Journey for example as a tool or should yeah. I go and build a tool as Meet Journey like what's what's my role you know where, where do I invest my time on should I spend my time doing the creative part which is amazing do we want to all like does the user or, or the people that will build the software want to actually just focus on building the software which is yeah. like two paths that um and uh two different paths and one of the one of the things that uh, we were talking the other day with another guest was like okay so what's what's um, at the moment we have a lack of programmers for the industry and i, I do agree on that like uh I don't know, as architect again, I became familiar with this stuff and I liked it, but I'm not exactly a programmer. Like uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't consider myself like a full-time programmer, but uh, it's something that is already in my skills because uh, just figure out like it's helpful. It's, it's really helpful to know how to program anything. But um, so so I think this is the next step for companies like uh, Okay, so we have people that is bringing technology and maybe like you were saying, requesting the demos and bringing people to share with us technology. But uh, those companies, do you think these companies will require, will start to have their own teams building their own softwares? Or
1: these... I wish. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like maybe I'm a little jaded. (laughs) But I, I have a feeling that you know, it's what the big companies that really like to show how innovative they are. You know, there's certain companies that are like, hey, we're changing the game and they like to be known for that. And I I respect it, you know, it's like you have to have people that are game changers and some people love to have that role. And I think those companies will continue to do that. They'll be the first to hire a full team of software developers that are building maybe their own AI to do, you know, to totally create their architecture based on a style that they've developed in house. And I think that's really cool. And I think we will see that. I think um, definitely we'll see it more and more. I mean, already, I think, you know, when I've only been probably in design technology, I'm trying to think maybe five years now. Um, And I've seen it change a lot, you know, and in terms of how big the team should be, what your role is, you know, I think they're finding more and more time to invest in some of these things, to invest in data analytics. I mean, even at, you know, at Perkins Eastman, just since I started, uh, you know, it's been almost three years, when I initially got to the firm, we weren't using a lot of Power BI. There were certain people that were great at at Power BI and showing data analytics in that way. There were definitely people in-house doing it. But today, you know, a lot of people at the firm are using these things. So again, I just think it like takes time. It takes somebody to stand out and say, Hey, I'm going to take this on. Um, I think what's great about, you know, our team at Perkins Eastman, when we have this data unit, it's all community driven and it's like, Hey, let's invest in creative ideas. Let's come up with good solutions and let's try to see what we can do with it and then once once that community really develops that concept and that workflow and then showcases it through presentations other people like hey i think i have a project for that and that's how it slowly trickles out into these communities of uh you know architecture firms is it just takes a few people in house to to jump on board and say i'm going to spend a few extra hours just looking and seeing what we can do here so yeah, I but I like what you're saying, which is, you know, are they gonna develop or you know, develop these teams of software developers that are doing things? Yes. But I also think that what's critical is having more and more AEC companies that are pushing the envelope here that are saying, this is all we do. And we're going to focus on it. We're going to build these relationships with architecture firms and kind of partner with them because yeah. a lot of times architecture firms, they don't want the responsibility of maintaining software. It's just like, no, we'd rather purchase it, do whatever we have to. So I think it's going to take some really innovative tech companies to, that have the experience in architecture um, to, to develop these things.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 coming it's coming with a change and and, and AI is it's just I mean I'm excited about this future of AI for the industry because it's definitely going to change the the way that we design. I, I think Grasshopper, Dynamo, Power BI, uh, mm-hmm. like uh, even even like starting to use like uh, just fully coding outside like the typical softwares and. Uh, understanding what the value of your data and your projects and how can you use it. And I think firms that already have that already understand this value of using this type of technologies and trying to change, they are giving the best results at the moment. And they are giving, you know, we see special frames of design. And and sometimes we, we look at the designs and I, we, the first thing that comes to our minds is, oh, grasshopper. You know, like oh, oh this uh, this application was built, was built with this, and or, or or even with the with the analytics, we look, we look at this graph and we are like, okay, that, uh, that iphone comes from Power BI. and That uh, we need to, uh, things like this. I think once you identify the value of these tools, uh, you know that it it will bring uh, value to your work, value to your presentation, and value to your clients. And the next step is. For for construction for myself, like the way that I see it at the moment is okay. How can we how going to start to use AI and these new tools inside construction? Because well, we know AEC is a little bit behind the rest of the. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, but again, we are facing a treaty wall. Like uh, no no Mm -hmm. one else is facing well except. cars and airplanes and stuff like that. But it's more like industry <laughs> and, you know, transport. But like construction and living and experiencing a space is definitely like a 3D wall. And 3D wall, I think, it has been proven by all humanity that we love to see different things uh, like the whole time. Like mm-hmm. we, we build different in every part of the world. We use different materials. We use different patterns. We have different ideas on what's, uh, how do you live? How, what's a door? How, what material is my door? with. You know, like um,
1: yeah,
0: and I think that's the that's the next like kind of like challenge. Okay, so who comes with the best AI? What's the way to use it? Does is it worth it to invest on in it? That's uh, that's like mm-hmm. a pretty question for people that are uh, that it's out there that is trying to build software. Like, and I hope like they bring the best software possible because we love to play with them. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I, I I still I still believe that there's like a huge amount of opportunities like uh, to be built and people that are yeah. uh, that is interested in this. Uh, I think we are only looking at the at the point of the iceberg in terms of what we yeah. can. Yeah,
1: I love that, and I, I love um, the way that you, from experience, think about construction and constructability too. Because I think you know when you think about how this. Can begin to impact the industry. Obviously, the ways that we manufacture too play a big role. Like, how can you develop these forms or or these ways of designing, using materials more creatively? Like, the minute we want to start building that, you know, three D printing of of um, architecture, you know, homes, we're starting to really see it happen. You know, I feel like it's taken. This has been around for a long time. But like no one was really still doing it. And I think we're seeing it little by little um, taking place. And I think that's exciting because as we have more of those around, you know, those all the, uh, the robots and different things that allow us to 3D print. As those become more affordable and more practical and are available, um, it becomes a lot Uh, less limiting to what we can do. And when you think about even translating that concept about, okay, we have an image, let's use depth map, let's generate a facade or some kind of texture with a material. Okay, now we can, we have 3D printing, we have CNC machines, you know, we have all these ways that we could easily set up okay, here's a workflow we've established. Let's, let's start a company that does only that. That's usually how these things start to happen is just one person's like, okay, we're gonna do this. And I think as you think about that in just like a really basic way, um, I think that's exciting because also there's so much customization that could happen there. You could be like, hey, you can go on mid journey or you can go wherever and you can come up with and, and describe like what you want your material to look like. And we can print it for you, and we will, we will, you know, um, You'll develop have it in your house this. this. Yes, yeah. Or you want a 3D print? I did actually the other day on Mid journey, I did like a fireplace, and I was uh, using like these baroque styles, and it created something. I thought it looked really, you know, cool and interesting. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, like this could be a company on its own. You could just people could go and they could, you know, design and. Obviously you need to set up some kind of parameters, but through the text, we need to get a little bit more, uh, dive into it a little bit deeper. But yeah, I mean, if we could figure out ways to understand the three-dimensionality of some of these things that we're generating, it, people could really start to interact with their designs in a new way. And it doesn't take an architect or somebody really super capable with 3D modeling, which is fun.
0: I I, I, I love that the role of the architect is changing like uh back in the day architects was like the the one that uh, conceived the space something about the beauty of the space you know yeah and nowadays i honestly like uh, for the last couple of years i realized how many people is actually trying to or is looking to build a product that their their own customers actually customize with their ideas and this is this is great because we are looking at a pattern of of for people looking for the same uh, kind of a goal or objective, and this means that for me, like the architect is not anymore the the person in charge of building or like designing a house or designing a building, designing whatever, or like having. But it's the person that is actually trying to figure out how to can you automate, how can you automate the proper ideas for other companies to sell, you know, and changing the roles of the architects i think it's, it's something natural that we we've just been denying for like a long time <laughs>
1: that <laughs> is so something. true oh my goodness so yeah, true yeah it's
0: it's it's just like just there but like um it's going to change and it's changing finally and and, and the future is I, I i believe also that only a few companies will keep doing this kind of like high design Process, but uh, in a couple of years, I definitely see computers doing like most of the design for us. Like, in
1: and and I think
0: it's good. Like, I I, I don't see it like, uh, oh my god, I'm not gonna be an architect anymore.
1: uh, Yeah,
0: I I think we should leave that prestige behind and start looking for the benefit of all of Mm -hmm. the people. Like, uh, everyone wants to have their own space, their ability to play with the creativity part and sometimes even like you're standing like talking with planes like sometimes it's difficult like you know so you can save also that part so i think that's good
1: yeah because i think it's interesting like people know what impacts them in space more than anyone else could it's hard sometimes for people to come up with solutions to solve their problems and so i think there's always a place for a consultant right that's in design hey i know that you like Daylighting, and you like this, and you like that. Do you know that there's an architectural element that can give you all of those things in one? You know, like let's let's add a skylight here. Let's add a window on on like the north facade or something. You know, it's like you can start to rationalize these things from an architecture's perspective. You know, just like a medical professional, like you know, a doctor, they can guide you through you know your experience. So I think the role is changing, like you said. And I think it has been for a long time. I think that the industry's already so different since BIM, quote unquote, you know, like came out since Revit. Um, and a lot of these online platforms, it's just, it's it's shifting, you know, people spend more time um, tweaking drawings than they do designing, right? And it's it's just really, really interesting. And there's few people that are actually doing design work. It's mostly people that are just trying to make the drawings look perfect so that on, you know, at the construction site, nothing gets messed up, right? Like, I feel like that's majority of what architects do these days. And, you know, um, I'm sure, you know, I'm missing a lot here. I'm giving a real generalization, but I'm just saying, I think it's really interesting some of what you said, where I think it's exciting that somebody can have more of a role in creating a space for themselves, you know, because we all know space. We enter it all the time. We look around. We love what we see. It inspires everyone. And I, it's a funny thing. I feel like I've always spoken to people to say, hey, what do you do for a living? And, you know, you say, oh, I, I'm in architecture. And I swear so many people say, oh, I it was always my dream. Like if I could do something, maybe I always thought I could maybe be an architect. And I think the reason that a lot of people say that is, is that that was like a backup, that maybe one day yeah. they do architecture. Is because really they're just saying, hey, like architecture and spaces inspire me. I love design because we all do. It's innate in us. It's why people yeah. love Sims. It's why people love these things. So I think it's cool that we're giving a bit more and more ability for people to have their hand in uh, the design in their spaces.
0: Yeah, to- totally. Like. Uh... It's, it's changing. And, and I love that part, like uh, giving the power to kind of like giving the power to people of doing their own designs because at the end of the day, they, they know what they want. Like uh, maybe the, the complexity of the architect is to put pieces together and trying to do the, the interpretation from a client to the final product. But I think that's, that's, that's where the part of technology actually assists us because it's helping us to Put that uh, ideas into the computer and describe that to the to me journey or to a different software, and the software will come up with an output that we we come up and we would be like, okay, this is this is even better than what I actually, that what I actually could do myself, and and I think it's a, it's an AI is building by the knowledge of all the community, and I think that's also really good. Like it's not just uh, feeding ideas of what I believe is beautiful, but like it's sharing what other people from different mm. parts of the world believes is beautiful. And I think that's how we are expanding the concept of beauty into a I new term. And I, and I really like that. I think, I hope I hope we, we see more of this technology uh, being applied in, in firms. Uh, I mean, myself, I, I, I still doubt about the metaverse a bit and how we're we, really where, where are we going to end up with it because uh, I don't know I, I was I I grew up like playing video games for a while and then I hate them <laughs> 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 and now I see them coming back like in depth of the metaverse where in the metaverse still like really kind of like uh well depends on the metaverse but I, I see different options of people trying to build the metaverse and some of them are really cool, some of them I'm like, I feel like I'm playing the VR of like the 70s, <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> you know, so. Yeah.
0: So, so it all depends on, on, on what people like and, and I, I think we still, this, is, this is something that we still need to check out, how it's going to evolve, like even firms like I, I, I was looking at the design of like I think was Zaha Hadith or something or mm-hmm. like that, Being like a really crazy design of the inside the metaverse. Yes, I've That's seen funny. that. And I kind of like the the I mean I totally understand the value of like going there, but like actually I, one of my thoughts was like I really like more the real the real design that you do mm-hmm. rather than what you are proposing to the metaverse. Like you know, like it was when I saw it in the metaverse, I was like, Okay, like I, I think you can go even crazier than that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I don't know. You're you're showing me the same that you are doing already in reality. I, I was expecting yeah. I don't know, it's my mind. Easy. But, uh, but anything, any, anything else you want to you wanna share with the audience today, Alex, about this amazing topic we, we're discussing today? Uh, any advice for people that want to know more about AI? Any advice for people who want to use it and don't know how, where to start? Or just recommend them to stay, to keep away from this because it's just going to be a mess?
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, I I just think, uh, like I always think with any technology, just, you know, for people to to always be curious and stay curious because uh, the more that we jump in and test these things out, um, I think we can can really discover new things. And I think that's an exciting thing about technology. Um, Some for the good, some for the bad, right? But I think with MidJourney, I see a lot of good. And I see a lot of fun and creativity. And um, I, I think people should definitely, no matter what line of work you're in, I think there's a place for really everyone to use mid-journey. Um, I've seen logo designs. I actually tested one out today and it was pretty incredible. Um, you know, it, it can do anything. And I think uh, definitely people should jump into it. It's easy to sign up. It's fairly easy to get into. And if you have issues, The great thing is there's several videos now online about, you know, how to resolve some of these things, how to get into it. And then there's people on LinkedIn and stuff. Um, If anyone has issues, wants to reach out to me, I always like to say, feel free to reach out. And I always like to chat about this kind of stuff. It's a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, I, I think we really talked about a lot. I love one of the last things that you mentioned, which was about how AI, I hadn't really thought about it this way, but it really becomes a universal uh, kind of think tank in some ways and we're learning through each other so I think the way that design evolves from a global perspective is really beautiful to think about so uh, no I really appreciate you having me this was a really fun conversation.
0: No thanks Alex for being with us today like uh, um, I'm also really happy that uh, you choose uh, this type of topic because it's a topic that uh, yeah well sometimes it's we are still seeing what's going on with it. And we are still exploring about it, so there's not a lot of exactly definition on what's the possibilities that we can have we are uh, again I think we are only seeing at the at the first uh, era of ai in our in our wall of the a e c and um this it's been great like uh, having you today and uh Please feel free to reach Alex if you have any doubts about the journey, about technology, about uh, how can you use all these tools for for your friends, for your projects. I think she's the person that can give you guidance, can give you great consultancy on how to start with this type of technology. How can you use technology to improve the value of your projects? Uh, Because at the end of the day, well, you've been playing around a lot with this type of of tech uh, for what I see, Alex, and I, I have no doubt that uh, you can guide anyone in this in this world.
1: Thank you so much. Oh.
0: Well, and thanks for being with us today. Again, another episode. Uh, we'll come back with more episodes, more topics, and
1: we keep sharing technology with everyone. So thank you and bye bye.
0: Uh-huh.